Just in time for Valentine's Day, our favorite Predators Valentine is back in Smashville. We hear from P.K. Subban on a couple of different topics in his return to the Preds, and also they lost a very bad hockey game. Today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor on thefourcheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who, like me, he uh, would rather be doing anything else than talking about this Predators-Coyotes hockey game right now. That is a fact. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com, and O-M-G. <laughs> I don't want to. It was just... Here's the word that I would describe it. This isn't the one word, but just boring. Yes, it was not super exciting. It's kind of been that way for the three games since the All-Star break, which, surprise, surprise, is the thing we said, hey, the Predators are prone to doing this. Let's make sure they don't do it. And look, here we are doing it (laughs) like yeah yeah, it's not been the same hockey it's not been the same pace of hockey it's not been the same um execution of hockey it's just not been the same hockey since before the all-star break yeah uh in in case you're wondering uh the arizona coyotes won last night four to two it was their first road win since november 23rd 19 games. This is the worst team in uh, the NHL when it comes to playing on the road. Sort of flirting with the record for worst road record ever in the NHL. Uh, And yeah, they came in and handed uh, the Preds a loss. Uh, About the game, Arizona went up 1-0. Preds battled back with a pretty good uh, start to the second period. Goals by Roman Yossi, Colton Sissons made it 2-1. to one. Lawson Krause tied it at the end of the second. And then in the third period, just no energy. Just no energy at all. I mean, the Preds played with no desperation. Uh, even, you know, when they controlled the puck and had chances, they didn't look threatening at all. And, uh, yeah, Arizona capitalized a goal from Lawson Krause, put the Predators back on their heels. Christian Fisher sealed it at the end with an empty net goal and... Be interested to hear this, your one word to describe last night's game. It was really hard to come up with a one word because we are consistently having to one word games that look and feel like this. Yeah. So at some point it it becomes difficult. But, you know, in talking about it after the game, the one word I came up with was flat fresca. Now, you know how I am about my fresca. I've talked about fresca before. I love fresca. It is the nectar of the gods. I've fresca? never heard you talk about fresca on the show. Really? Oh, I think I've talked about fresca before. It is grapefruit flavored bubbly water. 
which I'm not a fan of like sparkling water, but this is literally the nectar of the gods. Fresca goes with everything. You can mix it with other drinks. You can drink it, you know, by itself. It's grapefruit flavored. So technically it's a breakfast beverage as well. But this game last night was like if you had opened a can of Fresca, hadn't finished it, stuck it in the fridge, and then two weeks later came back and thought, oh, I'd like a little refreshing sip of Fresca. It is flat and disgusting. And this game, like you go into a game against Arizona, you go into a game where you're like, okay, Predators, this is an opportunity to put your foot on the gas to really get this team going. I understand we didn't have Philip Forsberg and we can talk about that, but this is such a great opportunity. The expectations are high. You are at home. For heaven's sake, PK Subban is in the building in a yeah. onesie. What are you doing? And and it was literally like you're getting ready to take a drink of this bubbly grapefruit, refreshing, sparkling water, and it's just disappointment. It was flat. The team looked flat. They did not look um, hungry for this win. They did not look energized. They did not look driven. They did not look anything but flat to me. Flat. Yeah. Same kind of hint that I was going on. My one word is rerun. Oh, yes. It seems like we have been talking about this exact kind of game for two and a half seasons now. Mm -hmm. And this is the exact same thing that happened last year, Anne. Yes. It was a bad team who sucks on the road. One of the worst NHL road teams ever mm-hmm. comes to Bridgestone Arena. You need this win. If you really want to make a run for the place, not only are you trying to make a run for the playoffs, but the players in that locker room are trying to convince David Poyle to keep them together because, hey, we want this core together. We still think we can win. It's There's been a record saying David Poyle's using this stretch to see, does he start to move some guys? So not only are you fighting for a playoff spot, you're fighting for your livelihoods at this point. You don't want to pack up and move. You don't want to move your families, anything like that. So why does it just seem like there is nothing to play for in these past three games? Why does it feel like they're just going through the motions? And it's just any time. It's in this exact same thing happened in the second half of the season last year. And it's just like, we highlighted it. It's like you have a lot to play for. There is points on the line. You're yeah. facing bad teams ahead of what's going to be a very difficult rest of the year schedule. You need to rack up some points and take care of business. And they're playing like like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like they're playing like nothing matters. Like they're just here to collect a paycheck and go home. It's like quiet quitting. Like the new trend where it's just they basically, you know, force people into firing you because you just stop doing your job. Yeah. And that's a it, great, yeah, that's a great analogy. Do I need to change my one word to quiet? I quitting? would definitely do it because okay. you nailed it with that. All right, everybody back up. One word is quiet quitting. But it's that same thing, and it's yeah. just the same vibe of I look at this team and I see a team that doesn't care, even at the end of the game. When the Preds pull the net, and that's like the the last like two minutes of a game when that happens is pure chaos. Yes. 
Like you're just firing everything you can at the goal. You are just taking shot after shot after shot. Puck possession galore. And the Preds can even do that. Yeah. I mean, they get they won. They first off, they they lost the first face off. Then they took it into the zone and you just what? Like passed it around. Uh the play that led to the empty net goal where it was it looked like Tomasino and Niederreiter were right by right, and neither one knew really who wanted the puck. Didn't look like either of them were really keen on taking it in. Yeah. There's, there's just moments like that that's just makes me think it's like what what is going on? What is yeah. going on in that locker room right now? You hit on something that I think we need to touch on, and I don't know that this is something you and I can answer, but I think this is a question that maybe Nashville fans need to ask, and they haven't asked this yet. Does this core think they're a playoff core? Like, do they think they're a playoff team? Now, I know that what they will tell you is that they feel like they are, but when you see games like this and you see and and it would be one thing if this was a one-off experience but this is something that we have seen consistently from the nashville predators we see these games that almost look like i'm not willing to say it is but it almost looks like apathy i don't know that it is but that's how it comes off does this core even believe that this team is right now playoff caliber like really when they lay their heads down at night, really when they are, you know, just sitting quietly thinking about the future, you know, their future, when they imagine getting into the Stanley Cup finals again, when they imagine competing deep in the playoffs, do they really imagine it with this roster next to them on the ice? I wonder, does yeah. this team believe it's a playoff team for real? Not just when we ask you and you have to say yes, but for real. Are these players, are these core players just sitting here waiting for change? I don't know. It, it's like, you know, you get hired. Uh, let's say you get hired as like, you know, a bro like in the broadcasting industry it, when you're 22 years old. And at age 23, you win an Emmy. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of think like, well, I'm set. Like, I'm just going to put that Emmy on the resume and the prestige is going to carry me. Yeah. Is that what's happening with the Nashville Predators in that 2017 run? And, and yeah. maybe to a lesser extent, that 2018 President's Trophy season? Are they looking at that and being like, this is this is our prestige? Like we can we can be the centerpieces of a championship team. Are they letting that kind of carry them? Because if not, I I don't have the heart to tell you, but you kind of need to keep building off of your own performance each and every year, especially when you look and, and like when that Stanley cup finals run happened, all these guys were like 23, 24, they hadn't hit they their were. prime yet. They yeah. still had some room to grow. And it just seems like I, I think back to that season and other than, you know, Forsberg, Yossi and Duchesne last, last season, just kind of seems like I've hit that point and it's like, yeah, this is uh we, we hit our stride boys. Like this, yeah. this is it. This is our ceiling. You know, we've talked about, you know, maybe that 2017 cup run was the worst thing that happened to the fan base because now the fan base has these expectations. But maybe, you know, maybe there's something to the process of being a part of that 2017 cup run and that president's trophy year the next year where, like you said, maybe there's not, maybe there's not that 
hunger to prove something. I don't know. There is something going on with this team. There is something going on with this team. And it's got to be rectified. And and it's to the point where it's going to be a big trade. It's going to be breaking up this court. It's going to be firing the head coach. It's going to be relieving the GM of his duties. Something is going to happen to this team. And it's frustrating, Nick, because what we may end up seeing later this week is we could see this same team, this same roster, come out and have a gangbuster game against the Boston Bruins. I mean, honestly, let's be I, honest. Everybody, everybody on Twitter is like, this team sucks. This team sucks. Hold your breath, folks, because what do they do when we are when we all collectively decide it's over? What do they do? They are the boyfriend that shows up and he doesn't just bring a Whitman sampler, friends. He shows up with like a rose wall and there are candles, real candles, not battery operated candles, real candles. And there are rose petals and there is like good chocolate. Like that's what the Nashville freaking predators do. So you can say this team sucks. This team needs to break up. We need to end this. We need to call this, but they're going to woo you back. They're going to try to woo you back against Boston friends. So gird your loins. Predators and their fans at this point. It's like David Putty and Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. <laughs> just every other episode, they're either broken up or back together. Right. Yes. It's Chandler and Janice. Yeah. Less, less friends uh, aficionado here. More of a Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah. Uh, more to get to. There was a bright spot. Uh, P.K. Subban returns to Nashville, and you had an opportunity to speak with him a little bit. So we're going to hear uh, some of what uh, he had to say. Uh, plus, oh yeah, buried in the uh, the laws yesterday, Phil Tomasino, his season debut. Can't believe we haven't talked about that yet. Uh, oh, there's our, more. Uh, yeah, there's more. Honest review of uh, of his first game back in Smashville. But first, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, as we mentioned, we have hit the halfway point of the NHL, and we are just about coming up on the midway point of the NBA season as well. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back to you if your first bet doesn't win all you have to do is download the FanDuel sportsbook app safe secure and super easy to use and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores three points drained goals in a hockey game all kinds of different bets that you can make plus FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Ann. Uh, buried in uh, all the commotion from this game yesterday, Phil Tomasino. We talked about it uh, a little bit before uh, yesterday's game. Maybe they reached down to Milwaukee and get him a call with Forsberg out. Uh, they did. They did. What was your review of Tomasino's debut, Ann? Um, I thought it was fine. 
it was fine with yeah. the caveat that, you know, first time back up with the team, it's still got to kind of build some rapport with line mates. Uh, he was in a top six position. He played um, with Johansson and Granlin, I believe. It was fine. It was fine. I don't know what else to say about it. I think. All right. Well, that's the show, everybody. Thank you for. That's yeah. Um, I think expectations. And again, feel for this young man. Expectations through the roof. I mean, let's face it. People really felt like he was going to leap from the brow of Zeus onto the ice at Bridgestone Arena and get a hattie. I feel like that is, you know, he has sort of been painted as the savior of this franchise all season long with all of the angst. So I feel like, you know what, I feel like his debut was fine. I feel like it was a fine debut from somebody recalled from Milwaukee getting, you know, their skates on NHL ice again after, you know, half of a season. I thought it was fine. <laughs> Help me. It was fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, didn't really do anything to stand out, uh, no. but didn't really do anything to make you think, oh, yeah, this this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we were just expecting him to, to light up the scoreboard, like you said. I don't know if that was a realistic expectation or just sort of the, huh, this would be cool hope. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Hines plays him more. I mean, he has kind of had notorious short leashes with players who don't come in and immediately uh, have a high impact their their first game back in the lineup. Uh, right, Tommy Novak's been a healthy scratch for two games in a row now. He's still out there despite you know what I thought playing pretty well. Right. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Preds handle Tomasino. Uh, the, the fact that he's up makes me think that Forsberg is going to be out uh, at least for the next little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if it was a day-to-day -day kind of thing, I don't really, you know, know why they would bring somebody up. So we'll see. I mean, Tomasino, I would imagine, gets another chance against Boston. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know what else to say on Phil Tomasino. I mean, he was, you know, was yeah, fine. It, it was fine. It was a fine uh, season debut. Yeah. Didn't blow it's up the world. interesting when you look at the people who have been recalled from Milwaukee, because like you mentioned, Tommy Novak has been a healthy scratch for a couple games. And I think a lot of that was getting Mark Jankowski back in the lineup. He had been out of the lineup for quite a while. So I think that may be it. I don't perhaps that could be it. But also take a look at you. I don't know if that's the priority, but sure. No, no, but I mean, I think they felt like they had somebody else to kind of sub in to maybe give Tommy Novak a chance to reset. But I felt like he's kind of been a hidden hero for a while. And then things kind of went a little bit colder with Novak. But look at Yuso Parsonen. Yuso Parsonen came up gangbusters. What line did he play on last night? He played on the fourth line. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's terrible, but that's also somebody when he first came up from Milwaukee, the expectation was you saw Parsonen's a top six player. Now he's not. So I am curious to see the trajectory for Phil Tomasino, like, yeah. you know, and uh, John Hines did say yesterday after the morning skate that Forsberg was coming along better than what the injury looked like. I can't imagine, like you said, I would be absolutely shocked if we saw him against Boston or against Florida. I mean, I think that's not realistic 
I could be surprised. Um, and clearly the predators need him to come back. You know, that was one of the things that I was watching for in this game against Arizona. Okay, you have just lost Philip Forsberg. He is your bread and butter. He is your, you know, top goal scorer. He is tied with Roman Yossi in points or was going into the game. Who is going to step up and generate that offense for the National yeah. Predators with him out? And it didn't happen. There was, it was literally like one of those things where everybody was kind of looking at each other like, well, I don't know, are you going to step up and are you going <laughs> to generate the offense for Philip Forsberg? Nobody did. You know, Duchesne didn't. Roman Yossi, of course, had a goal. Colton Sissons in the herd line had a goal, which was great. But there was, there was no push to replace what Philip Forsberg brings to the ice offensively. That was a problem. Yeah. And like we said yesterday, there's just not really that many players on the Preds roster that have that just sort of finishing instinct right. that Forsberg does. Uh, you know, one person who did have pretty good hockey instincts in PK Seaman. Come on. <laughs> Back in Smashville. Uh, good to see him last night. Uh, good to see him kind of, uh, you know, doing a lot of the homecoming festivities beforehand. Uh, that included uh, talking to the media. And you were there as the media. I was. I was so excited to get a chance to uh, see P.K. Subban and just hear from him about what life is like now post-retirement and what his time was like in Nashville. So one of the questions that I asked him was, what was it like coming in? in 2016, 2017, coming into the Nashville Predators. And they had just such an amazing run that year. So I thought PK in typical, he's amazing Subban style, really gave such great insight and answers. So this is what he had to say about coming to the Nashville Predators. So much around the trade and coming with Shea Weber. And Shea Weber is such a, an impactful player in, in my time in the league and, and in the game. and on the organization in the city of Nashville. So to be able to come in and, and be a part of a team of players that kind of came into the league as young guys, I'm sure guys like Yos and Eki, they learned from a guy like that. And a lot of the young guys respected a guy like that. So to come in the locker room and have them embrace me the way that they did and put me in a position to be successful, I think that can't get overlooked. You know, you can come into a locker room as a good player and have an impact on the ice. But, you know, what I love about these guys is that they wanted to see me do well. It wasn't just about coming in and saying like, okay, let's see how you're gonna help the team. It's it's like, no, you're one of us. Um, you're our teammate now. And they gave me every opportunity to to be a part of the culture here. We, we still kind of hold on um, to that group that we had. It was a special group. You know, that year going to the Stanley Cup final was probably the most fun year I've ever had in the league. You know, that next year was almost even better if you could imagine. We didn't get to where we wanted to as far as the Stanley Cup final again, but man, did we ever have fun. I had fun watching, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was amazing. I loved um, what he talked about. You know, coming in that trade, that's a lot of pressure for P.K. Subban. Hey, come in and replace the captain that everybody has kind of grown with and who has been mentoring to them. So I thought it was interesting to hear his perspective. He also mentioned that he still has a group text with Vernon Fiddler and Harry Zolnicek and James Neal and um, Roman Yossi, all those guys from back then. 
Would you not want to get your hands on that group text? Let's just keep it real. You mentioned some names that I hadn't thought about in a long time. (laughs) We do not talk enough about Vernon Fiddler on Lockdown Predators podcast. Let's just be real. Yeah. Uh, He's on the roof somewhere. (laughs) I'm so proud. The musical theater lover is so proud of you right now. I can hardly stand it. We are going to hear more from PK Subban talking about his time in Nashville in just a minute. But first, we want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Athletic Greens. Look, Athletic Greens is something you have heard Nick and I talk about. They sent us some boxes to try this stuff out, and they made two believers out of us. Athletic Greens takes that complicated process of finding the right pills and vitamins and minerals and probiotics and getting all of them together and taking them, they have just simplified it and made it so easy to do. So what is this athletic green stuff that we're talking about? Well, with one delicious scoop of their product, AG1, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and they help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports things like gut health, your immune system, your nervous system, huge difference you'll notice in energy, recovery, and focus. They handle all those things. So AG1 is super simple. It's a once a day glass of AG1. You just mix it with a cup of, or mix a cup of AG1 and a glass of water, drink it. It tastes great. You will not mind taking this at all. And it is lifestyle friendly. So if you've committed to going gluten-free or dairy-free, AG1 is a product you can incorporate with no worries. It contains less than a gram of sugar. It's got no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And like I said, this stuff tastes great. You will not mind drinking it at all. It's less than $3 a day so you can take care of your health and just skip your cold brew habit. Your wallet won't even notice the difference. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutritional drink. It's just one scoop, again, in a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't need a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and they're going to give you five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know what's kind of funny, Anne? Have you noticed that a lot of these issues with the Predators and us talking about lack of energy and stuff like that happened after P.K. Subban left? You are not wrong. I was sitting in the building last night, and all I could think is P.K. Subban watching this has to be cringing a little inside. Yeah. Like, this is not this is not the level of energy P.K. Subban would abide. Are we right or are we right? Yeah. You know, and here's the thing. Everybody, you know, remember the random fans that were booing whenever he touched the puck last year, which, you know, there's probably other reasons than that. Racism. Uh, Hello. You know, remember everybody's talking about, oh, well, he was posting more on social media than than taking care of the team and – you know, this and that, and he's just, you know, kind of in it for himself and to promote his brand and all that. 
did they not like notice that teams are significantly better when he was on the ice and in the locker room? I mean, you saw it with the Preds. I mean, you've heard Carey Price in Montreal kind of go on record and say, you know, the the energy kind of took a a different turn uh, when PK left. Yep. It's just like, you know, I think PK to me is like that one guy in the group of friends that's always kind of the centerpiece. Like he's the guy that sends out a group chat and it's like, hey, guys, it's brunch this weekend. Here's the time. Here's the date. Uh, You know, he's the guy that, you know, introduces your friend group to the other friend group, like just kind of like the centerpiece. And I always kind of got that vibe from PK uh, over the course of his career. Yeah, very much uh, uh, the heartbeat, I think, of the team in a lot of ways when he was here, a lot of ways. And, you know, it was very interesting. He talked about that and talked about his time here in Nashville. And he said, you know what, you rarely can go somewhere where nobody, like you just get along with everybody and nobody has a problem with each other And, and just the magic that was created here in Nashville for him and among that team. We're going to hear him talk a little bit more here in just a second about his time in Nashville. But I can tell you this, he speaks of those seasons in Nashville in the highest, highest regard. It was really great to hear. So take a listen. got in on Saturday and, uh, you know, it started at the airport, you know, just having people welcome me back and, you know, people I don't know that work at the airport that, um, you know, heard about tonight, and it's always special. You know, I think um, throughout my career, everyone talks a lot about Montreal, which was a great time and where my career started. But you know, I, I believe that some of the best years and most enjoyed years were here in Nashville for me, no doubt. And not just because we had a really good team; it's just the people. You know, I mean, I, I had to think in three years to not have an issue with any of your teammates, like to not have issues with anybody in the organization, to really just embrace everybody and have everybody embrace you. That's a special thing. And I I think to be able to celebrate that tonight is what's special to me because, you know, I had some of my best years here in Nashville. When you look at my playing career, I, I had some really good games here, some good playoff runs. And, you know, a lot of how I evaluate my career is in the postseason and we had some really good teams, um, you know, and a, and a couple of the guys are still here. So, you know, I, I what I take from my time in Nashville above everything else, whether it be everyone in the front office and how they've treated me, treated my family, my team that's come, is my teammates. You know, um, I'm still very close with a lot of these guys. And, you know, so in a lot of ways, these are my favorite group of guys that I played with. Yeah. Uh, can he come back? Honestly, literally last night at this game, watching the horror unfold before me, I was like, where is the role for PK Subban here? Like we, we need him and nobody is ever going to be PK Subban again, because that, that man is one of a kind, but I agree with you. Every team needs somebody like that, whether it's the just the the gregariousness of his personality, not even necessarily that, but that we're going to be connected. You know, we're going to build something here that's not just on the ice, that's off the ice. And 
where is that in Nashville? And I don't, you know what, that doesn't fall on Roman Yossi. Everybody, you know, people say, well, Roman Yossi is the captain. He's real quiet. He's, that's not, that doesn't necessarily fall on the captain, but where is the PK Subban for the Nashville Predators? Somebody like, somebody's got to step up and, and be that guy. Could we just bring him back? I mean, like, yeah. I will tell you, he is very firm in being retired. This is not going to be a Tom Brady. <laughs> we will not see him skate again in the NHL. He's also probably making a pretty good salary uh, at ESPN and doing some of his other uh, side projects. So I yeah. think he's set. He, he seems yeah. like he's set. Yes, he seems very happy and very comfortable with his decision to retire and very excited about what's coming next. And look. Y'all, we should be excited about what's coming next for P.K. Subban because he's just moving on to some more great things. More great things. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Nashville Predators. <laughs> They're moving on to the Boston Bruins. <laughs> more oh. great things, friends. More great more, things. More great things. Oh, God. This week is going to be the death of me. It's at the point where if the Preds win, I might be bad. I might just be like, oh, come on. It is the absolute inability to predict what this team is going to do because we've seen what they're capable of and then we see what they do. And it's the the space in between there is enough to make you mix your fresco with something very strong, friends. Very strong. Yeah. There is some fresca vodka coming up soon. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying. We're trying actual Fresca, but Fresca podcast oh. sounds great right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll be here later this week uh, to talk about that game. Plus uh, more Preds hot topics coming up. There sure are a lot of them. Many, many. Uh, yep. We will uh, we'll be here to cover it every step of the way with you guys. And where can the people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at AnnK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me uh, on theforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. While you're there, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. Let us know if there's ever a topic you want us to dive into. Also, however you're listening to this, whether you are listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform or you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. That way you'll always know when we have fresh content on for you and also helps us out a little bit as well. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.